one side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey folks, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good friend and co-host Doug McCary. Uh, SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministry. Its mission is to equip and encourage men to walk out the truths found in Scripture. Stay tuned this week as Doug and I continue our discussion in Part 4 of the Gospel According to Jesus by Dr. John MacArthur. This week we're dealing with the topic of biblical repentance and over the next hour we're going to kind of go journey through and discuss what it looks like when jesus calls us to repentance before we jump into the text and the teaching for today douglas how are you brother i'm good you know um I, I, by the way i couldn't help but notice your your starbucks you didn't i noticed you didn't get any pumpkin latte you know it came out today <laughs> it came out today the big pumpkin today they gone to the fall mix but it's right? gone up like 50 something cents yeah. a, a cup so i'm glad to see you're you're not drinking your pumpkin latte no i'm not big on the pumpkin <laughs> latte you know it's interesting today i uh this morning um i was talking to um a young lady from russia actually and was just talking about um things going on in our world and uh, i just found it very interesting that her comment i asked her if she she had a bible asked her if she read the bible is this a local woman yeah okay and um anyway she uh she said she did she said she was a person of faith but um but she didn't like the church very much. And, um, you know, so many people have that viewpoint. They, they consider themselves spiritual, and yet they don't like the institutional church that they see because so many churches, and I don't mean the people as much as the leadership, um, and the reasoning came out was but it's, it's all about power and money all about power and money it's not about caring for the people and isn't that what jesus rebuked the pharisees for and and even jeremiah back in jeremiah and ezekiel they were god was rebuking the priest back then because they weren't feeding the people they weren't caring for the people Mm. and uh, there's such a responsibility if you are a servant and under shepherd of the most high god pastors your job is not just to open the word and teach that's part of it but if you're listening and you're a pastor or you're a leader in a church it is to shepherd shepherd the flock to care for these people so many people right now hurting i just read about another young lady in her late 20s taking her own life Mm. um and, you know, that's so sad. She was like a newscaster in Wisconsin, and she just she just was hopeless. And so many people, uh, because of the last two years and COVID and lockdown and everything that's going on, have got away from meeting and churches and mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, people have, have just 
lost hope. And the church is supposed to be the beacon of light, not something that repels people, but something that people see and they they go, wow, this is a different kind of people. These people are very different. You know, in all parts of the world, Christians who are really living out a Christian faith are known as different from the world. Only in America does people that profess Christ resemble the people that don't profess Christ. Yeah. And so, well, uh, I think I may have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my wife and I are reading a book called When Narcissism Comes to Church. Mm-hmm. It's by uh, Chuck DeGroat. Um, it has been an eye opening book for me. Mm because and what's it called again it's called when narcissism comes to church oh my it is i I highly recommend it i'm not saying i endorse every single you know dot and tittle of the book but Mm. the reality is it's it's an eye-opening uh view into the the various uh characteristics that make up the church Mm. and uh and this woman's experience, Doug, is really no different from a lot of other people mm. uh, that have a similar experience in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, it, it's a good reminder that we are all we all have a narcissistic tendency. We're selfish. Well, it's because we're human, and, and we're, we're human broken. exactly. And so our hope is not in the church, although the church should be, as you said, the, a beacon, a light. And it should draw people in and, and looking for opportunities. I tell you, you know, here you and I are sitting behind a microphone using our voices. So often I'm busy using my voice, not my ears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of hurting people that are around us. Mm-hmm. And it's a great opportunity for us to be the hands and feet and the ears of Jesus. Well, if you're out there and you're listening today, Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Maybe you've blown it really bad. Maybe you've just gone off the rails. Um, maybe maybe you haven't. Maybe you're just coasting, but you just feel like something's missing spiritually. But you, you've, you've kind of neglected to be in the Word of God and to let God's Word be a part of your life. Maybe you've neglected to spend time praying and, and communing with Him. And you just feel like to go to him now, you don't feel anything. And so you kind of feel isolated or, or like he's he's left you. God has never left you. If, if you are feeling distance, it's not because of him. It's because you have pulled away from him. He's sitting there with open arms knocking on the door saying, hey, I want to have fellowship with you. And, and you uh, just repent which is what we're talking about this week Mm -hmm. own what you have done but hold on to this 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 passage from lamentations the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies are new every morning that is great is thy faithfulness faithfulness. yeah you know brad that is such a comfort to me because i blow it every day and i feel awful Uh. and then i come back to that verse and i'm reminded that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Steve Brown down in Orlando does a, a podcast, and he says, God's not mad at you. If God is your dad, listen, if God is your dad, he's not mad at you. Hmm. He he loves you because of Christ. Now, he will discipline you, 
But so many of us feel like, well, I blow it. God's mad at me. So he's doing this to me or he's doing that to me. No, he may discipline you as his child, like it talks about in Hebrews, but his steadfast love, everything he does for you as his child is to develop you into the image of Christ, to conform you to that image. So you are a image bearer putting God on display in the world around us so that people who are desperate, like that newscaster up in Wisconsin that took her own life, can look at you and go, wow, yeah. what's different about Brad? Yeah. And you know? when and when we come into those trials, Doug, I think the challenge is, you know, remembering that that's what God is up to. That is his plan. That's his purpose is to conform us to the image of Christ, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty nine. Yeah, and, and I often say, what is God going to use in my life to make me look more like his son? In most cases, unfortunately, it's not. It's not the promotions. It's not the big deals that we get. It's the trials of life mm-hmm. that we're going to go through. Well, and, and Brad, in my life, too, I find, right, if you think of Christ, what what is the what is probably the biggest characteristic that pops into your mind when you think of Jesus? Well, I think of love. You think of now, love. Now, the, the manifestations of that attribute is compassion. Mm-hmm. That's one of the character traits that I wish I had more of. Well, when when I think of Christ, probably the biggest thing that pops into my mind is humility. When mm-hmm. I think of the the God of the universe yeah. willingly subjecting himself to a human body and the pains and the hungers and the the needs he he need nothing as mm-hmm. God of the universe, but in that human form he got thirsty, he got hungry. Exactly. And he willingly put his power aside. And I think of the humility, I think of Philippians two, five through eleven. And you know what humbles me is when I do something sinful. My I, I don't respond appropriately to my wife or kids. I'm a, I'm made aware of my flaws in my my thinking um my how my how quickly my mind can go into a selfish mode mm. i can read the bible feel so close to god in the morning i get out in the world and all of a sudden bam it hits me yeah. and i'm like why did i do that yeah. i'm such a wretch yeah. yeah and then i come back to the cross and i first john 2 9 2 uh 9 you know first john uh 2 1 9 1 9 if we confess our sins, he will forgive. And I just say, Lord, God, please forgive me. I, I, I was so, um, it was so selfish of me to do that. I'm sorry. When we get into that humility aspect, that's when we begin to be like Christ, you know. But I wonder, Doug, would you have felt that urge to repent had you not been in the Word and in, in prayer? Well, no, the word is a mirror and it, you know, it starts our day off. Right. And a lot of times when I'm out in the world and I I go into that fleshly moment, I will remember back to that morning going, why am I acting like this? Mm -hmm. I really believe that's what Paul struggled with because, you know, he says, man, the things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't want to do. I do. Uh, but what? There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. That are in Christ, which we looked at yesterday. God's not mad at you, believer. Just come to Him and receive His grace every day. It is such 
a blessing. Amen. We shouldn't take it in vain. Amen. Well, with that said, <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're glad you joined us on SWAT Radio. We would love to hear from you today. We'll take your calls during our final segment at 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There I was on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on hill Hell was my destiny Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon. I could keep talking about what we were just doing in that first segment, but this week we're discussing biblical repentance. Uh, yesterday we looked at Jesus' call to repentance, and today... We're going to focus on Jesus' illustration of repentance, what repentance is and what repentance is not. So, uh, Doug, let's get started. Let's jump into the text for today. Yeah, it's in Matthew. While you're, while you're going there, Brad, I just want to remind people of what we said yesterday about uh, a, a good um, definition of repentance. Because, you know, it can mean a lot of things to a lot of people and I think a lot of people relegate it just to a change of mind. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a change of mind. It is literally, uh, it's a change of mind that leads to a change of action. So if the change of mind never leads to a change of action, did you really change your mind? Right, right. Um, uh, you know, because there's, there, you know, we talked about, um, in his book, The Gospel According to Jesus, um, John MacArthur quoted Martin Lord Jones, who's a he's a lightweight theologically. And <laughs> yeah. anyway, he said, "Repentance means that you realize you are guilty; you are a vile sinner in the presence of God. That's first; that you deserve His wrath and punishment, and that you are hellbound. It means that you begin to realize that this thing called." sin is in you, that you long to get rid of it, 
that you turn your back on it in every shape and form. You renounce the world, whatever the cost, the world in its mind and outlook, as well as its practice. And you deny yourself and you take up the cross and go after Christ. Hmm. Brad, so many people say, if you tell people that, you're teaching them works. And that's not true. You're just teaching them this is the element of true repentance. When your mind changes about who you are, who Christ is, you realize that you no longer want to be the way you were, and you want him to change you, and you start moving. And he says, you're nearest and dearest, and the whole world may call you a fool and say you're some kind of religious fanatic. You may even have to suffer financially, but you don't care because you know what? That's true repentance. You don't care. You just it, it is not a one-time act praying a simple prayer where you just go, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. Please forgive me. Yeah. I believe yeah. in the facts about Jesus. It takes place at conversion, but then it's a progressive, lifelong process of confession like you said yesterday. Well, and, and I, you mentioned it several times yesterday, and MacArthur does a great job of pointing this out. Above all, repentance is not a pre-salvation attempt to set one's life in order. Mm-hmm. The call to repentance is not a command to make sin right before turning to Christ in faith. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what a good reminder. Uh, one of our fellow uh, SWAT brothers, Tim Pardue, sent me a text this afternoon. He's going through a book uh, by J.C. Ryle, Ryle, another lightweight another theologian. Lightweight, yeah. His book, uh, Repentance, what Better it means. be careful, Tim. Those uh, books are dangerous. Very, man. very. But uh, it says, uh, take heed above all things. Take your repentance is closely bound up with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And to your point, yeah, our repentance is is connected to our faith in Christ. It's two sides of the same coin. Right, and I think a lot of people, Doug, and I used to think this way, that repentance was was kind of an about-face, okay, I'm walking towards sin, now I'm going to walk toward better behavior. Yeah. No, that's not repentance. Repentance, if I'm understanding this correctly, is turning from sin to Jesus Christ, who is righteous, because our righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm -hmm. His are perfectly righteous. Yeah. So it's a turn, not to better behavior, it's a turn to Christ. It is. That's the thing. The behavior comes as his spirit leads you and you are filled. That's why Paul uh, writes that Christ commands us to be filled with the spirit Mm. Because as you are under the leadership of the Spirit, you tend to be more sensitive to obeying the will of God. Well, and and to your point, during the first segment, when you're close with the Lord, you hear His voice. Yes. His Spirit brings conviction in your life. And that's why I think it's very important that if if you're not bearing fruit, Paul says, examine yourself mm-hmm. to see if you are of the faith. Because if you are of the faith, the Spirit of God lives in you, and he will convict you of sin. Yeah, he, he does. And, you know, Brad, we th- this series that we're in, we're looking at what did Jesus say? What did he say about God's sovereignty and salvation? What did he say uh, about our you know, our our sin-selfish problem. What did he say about God's provision through Jesus? We covered that this week. We're looking at our response. And do you know 
we can't even take credit for the faith we have. It is a gift of God, and and it is it is God's gift to us. This faith that moves us to repentance, and we surrender. We do surrender, and you know, uh, somebody said a long time ago that if you run from God as His elect, as His chosen, the hounds of heaven are going to track you down. And you may be like I think the, that was Spurgeon, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> you may be like the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. It may not happen until the last breath of your life, but he will get you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I encourage you, if you're listening today, don't waste your life waiting for the hounds to just track you down. Yeah. When you hear his voice through us speaking about his word or you and his word, yield. Yield to him now, because I think, Brad, those are why, that's why those parables of the the landowner who goes away, the landowner who gives the talents, he's saying, you know what, this is stewardship. Your yeah. life here is a stewardship. Yeah. Don't wait till the end of your life to just say, okay, I'm finally yours. Say now and find the joy. Amen. Walk in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And, you know, we're going to look at a passage today in Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, and, you know, it's interesting that he's speaking to the Pharisees. And, you know, they had just asked him in this account in Matthew, um, on what authority are you doing the things you're doing? So mm-hmm. he asked him a question about John the Baptist. He says, by what authority did he do it? And they couldn't answer. But then he goes into this parable. And remember, parable is, is like a basket handle. It helps you understand the truth and be able to take it. And what he's saying to the Pharisees is, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And so true repentance is not just verbalizing a belief in God or or Jesus or verbalizing an affirmation that, yeah, I believe and I think it's a good thing. It is trusting in that. And he said, those who really trust me will what? They'll obey me. Right. And right. so read that passage in uh, uh, Matthew 21, yeah. 28. Um, I can't through remember. 31. Yeah, through 31. Uh, so here it is. Uh, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. And so think about this parable for a second. One son says, I don't want to do it. Do you ever have times in your life, Brad, where you know God wants you to do something and you don't want to do it? Well, this week, probably. Probably yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, so, so Jesus in the garden did not want to go to the cross right. in, a, in, a, in a physical sense. But mm-hmm. he said, not my will, Father, but yours. It's okay, people, if there are things God calls us to do that you may not feel like doing. You know, I remember when we first adopted some of our special needs daughters, it was overwhelming. And I was like, I do not want to do this. Hmm. Cleaning up vomit, cleaning up other things. I, I'm just like, man, God, really? 
you know, how am I supposed to, but I've learned so much from loving and I, I've been blessed Jesus said, when you do this to the least of these, you do it to me. Yeah. So often in life, we don't see beyond the, the superficial or the, the things that are happening right now to the eternal things God is building into us. And so I love that parable. And I think about what Paul wrote over in 2 Corinthians 5 when he says, for the love of Christ controls us because we concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all have died. He died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So what he's saying there is the son in this parable is not his own. And, and, and even though he may not feel like it, he ultimately is obedient. And as we think about our own lives is that not fruit of repentance, Brad? Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when we it's not what we say. We may wake up with a bad attitude, but ultimately we go, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to love this person, even though they're hard to love. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm sorry, even though I'm struggling to feel sorry. I'm help me, Lord, to be the one who does not just to say what I ought to do. Amen. I was looking at that verse twenty nine. It doesn't just say that he didn't want to do it. It says, I will not. Mm -hmm. But then it says, afterward, he changed his mind. He changed his mind, and a changed mind. He repented. Right. His mind changed, and therefore he went, is Mm -hmm. what it says. And, I mean, what what a powerful text. I mean, the point he's making is that repentant tax collectors and harlots will enter the kingdom before outward religious hypocrites. Yeah. Those who say one thing but do something else. It's not what you say, it's what you do. And there's a lot of people in our culture who say they love Jesus and they follow him. And unfortunately, I believe we're going to have a lot of people here, Lord, Lord. They're going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, depart. I Mm -hmm. never knew you. Well, that said, we're going to take a break for national news. Again, we're glad you joined us on SWAT Radio. Give us a call today, 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. You can also email us at ask at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. That's right. We're just nobodies. Well, welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're glad you've joined us as we're teaching and discussing biblical repentance this week. We spent the last segment working through Matthew 21, 28 through 31, where Jesus gives an illustration of the man who gave orders to his son. And one son says, yes, I'll go and didn't go. The other son said, no, I won't go, but ended up going. And so what's more important, what we say or what we do? I know we're going to look at... uh, 
First Samuel 15 during this segment, Doug. Yes. Uh, which is a very strong word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is so powerful because in this passage, we see what repentance is not. And it reminds me a lot of Pharaoh, what Pharaoh did. Uh, you know, people look at Saul, the first king, the first king of Israel, and, oh, his life, his, his, according to like what my wife says, his life's a hot mess, man. <laughs> I mean, he went from being a guy who was very humble, I, I'm not, we're hiding in baggage, elevated to the king, becoming jealous of David, and now... Uh, God told him to do something, and he didn't do it. In fact, God told Saul to wipe out all the Amalekites, men, women, children, sheep, camel, and donkey, just wipe them all out. Yep. Why? God was sending a message, and and he was eradicating sources of idolatry. Mm-hmm. And so what did Saul do? It says, but Saul and the people spared Agag, who was the king. First of all, if you're going to spare somebody, you don't want to spare the leader of the idolatrous people. He spared, And he spared the best of the sheep. Now, what does that tell you right there? If he's sparing the best of, he's thinking, well, these, these are too good to slaughter. We can't do that. Right. I mean, we can use these and and all that was good, and he would not destroy them, it says. So, Think about that. What did God tell him to do? He said, destroy it. What did Saul do? No, nah, I don't think so. You think we have a problem with that? Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> many times, God will tell you to do something. No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't really do it. And we justify it. We rationalize it. Mm-hmm. And that's what Saul did. Now, God sent Samuel to him. And he goes, uh, well, well, let me back up just a little bit. I taught on this in Israel. Verse 12. Saul came to Carmel. Now, remember what happened at Carmel. That's what a lot of people know where Elijah defeated all the prophets, right? Mm. But not this time. It says he set a monument up, not to God, to himself. That's When you start disobeying God, he will turn you over to the pride that has developed inside of you that you think you can disregard his word. And and so Samuel comes to him and says, "Blessed be you to the Lord." I per, uh, it's, he says to Samuel, "I have performed the commandment of the Lord." Now he's lying because he didn't do it. And Samuel goes, "Well, what's this sheep noise I hear then?" <laughs> and I think that's funny. That's I do just too. Biblical I, I humor. see that. I just I laugh at that. And then he puts it <laughs> off on the people. Oh, the people spared the best of the sheep to sacrifice to God. And Samuel said, stop. That sounds like that woman you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> Samuel just says, stop it. Stop. And the Lord, you know what, Samuel? Told him, the Lord sent you on a mission. Why did you not obey the voice? And he goes, I did obey the voice. I've gone on a mission. He says, but the people did this. And then what does Samuel say to him? Read 22 through 26. <clears throat> This is the yeah. word of God, people. And, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, 
To obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words. Stop right there. Most people would see that and go, well, he's repentant. Mm-hmm. He's repenting, but look what he goes on to say. Read. Yeah, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. So here's the thing. A lot of people would read that and they go, wow. I mean, it sounds like he was repentant, but you know what he's wanting? He's wanting, he says, return with me. What what he's wanting is Samuel to be seen with him so that Saul is seen to have the blessing of the Lord. He cares more that people look at him and may, and see that he still has favor with God and, and instead of falling on his face saying, you know what, I don't deserve anything. and Well, it all even goes back to the monument that he built for himself, this yeah. pride and power and prestige and position. And listen, if that's us, which it is us a lot of times, God's going to break that. Yeah, read verse 30, Brad. Yeah. Verse 30, uh, then he said, I have sinned. Yet honor me now before the elders of my people. Honor me now. And before Israel. Honor me now. He, again, he cares about his own honor. He is not thinking about the honor of the Lord. Hey, I want to point out something, and I brought this up yesterday, that very verse. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may bow before the Lord your God. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what Pharaoh said. He, he was repentant, but it wasn't his God. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big thing. Now, i i want to I want to point something out, Brad. And you've probably seen this too because you've been around for a long time. Practically, what is, that? is that an age? Joke yeah, 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 no, 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 no. But I mean, you've seen a lot out yes. in the Christian mm-hmm. world. You know, when Christian leaders fall, and and they become prideful and they become more concerned with their own glory, and God strips it from them, like a Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. or a Tully Chavidian mm-hmm. or whoever it is. I mean, there's, you, you can just name one after the other, right? I've heard people grieve over that. Oh, he's such a good teacher. Oh, he's such a, oh, it's so sad. I mean, like, why do they have to do this? He's, you know, he just made a mistake, and 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 yet God removed them. And they're grieving over the fact that they don't have them anymore. Right. Now, Samuel loved Saul. He really did. Yeah. And he was grieving over the fact that Saul stripped, I mean, God stripped Saul of the kingdom. And look at what God says in 16, verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse, 
the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. In other words, don't grieve over the one I've rejected. Yeah. When yeah. somebody honors themselves over my glory, I'm going to remove them. And Brad, yeah. it happens. Yeah. It happens all the time. And people care more about their favorite preacher than they do the glory of God. Amen. Their Amen. favorite minister. Mm-hmm. And and our listen, anything good you hear from me or Brad or any pastor, any teacher of God's word is only God in us. Yeah, that's right. And you've got to realize that people are just instruments. We on our own possess nothing good. Uh, the only thing that is good in us is the word of God coming through us, coming uh, as God brings it through us to other people. We're just, it, it would be like the pen going, man, I really wrote a good sermon today. It's dumb <laughs> right. because the pen didn't write anything. It was just right. an instrument, yeah. right? That's right. Well, I love the, what, what uh, the Lord says there. I have provided for myself a king. Yes. In other words, Samuel, this isn't just your king. This is my king. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I was having that conversation with a gentleman today after Bible study talking about sharing Christ with people. And what a great privilege it is that you and I and anybody who loves Christ, that we are so blessed to be vessels broken as they may be mm-hmm. to transport the gospel, the good news to those who are lost Mm -hmm. it isn't about us quite frankly i'm sure you're the same way doug i'm almost intimidated when i have to open the word of god and teach it yeah it it it, it, yeah it is um it is really humbling that god would allow broken people because you and i've made enough mistakes we we disqualified ourselves time and time again uh from being these people, but 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 for his grace, he allows us, and it's the greatest privilege in the world uh, to be able to to be able to open up his word and explain it or to share it. You know that I was talking about that Russian woman earlier to give her a, a, a is Jesus God Mazel's uh, lecture to Moscow State University, mm. and just to. Say, you know, this is important. The most important thing about you is what you believe about God in your soul. Well, I think the fact that God would use people like us is actually humbling. (laughs) Yeah. It is is humbling to know that he can use broken people Mm. like us. And so, you know, you know what really convicted me, and I wrote this question down in the text, how often in light of, uh, of Saul... How often are we willing to be partially obedient but not fully obedient? Mm-hmm. I used to tell my kids, my kids, partial obedience is disobedience. Mm-hmm. Do you ever tell your kids that? Yeah, well, partial obedience is or, disobedience. Or I say delayed obedience yes. is disobedience too. Yeah, you have to think on it a while. You're being disobedient. The longer you put it off. And uh, partial delayed obedience, I'll throw that in. That's a really good word, Brad. Yeah. Well, it's just it's very convicting when you see uh, Saul, who was unwilling to do to go and be obedient to what the Lord said. Well, when we come back from the break, Doug and I will take your calls. The number to call is eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's eight four four seven 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 SWAT. 
Again, if you're unable to call, please email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back for our final segment. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Brother, let me be your shelter. A little need to breathe there. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you're new to SWAT Radio, SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Jesus Christ. By the way, this broadcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, Go to SWATradio.com, click on the SWAT Meetings tab. We would love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab at the website for further information. So our phone lines are open for this last segment of the day, and we would love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Hey, um, yeah, as many of you know, we're, we're broadcasting on WMAR and WMOX in Meridian. And uh, I just uh, heard from my brother that Helen Stubbs passed away. Helen and her husband, Billy Stubbs, uh, were dear, dear uh, friends of the ministry. Uh, they supported us for a very long time in ministry, Lauren, me, and uh uh, they ran the they ran the modern garden center, which was Meridian's first uh, real garden and landscape center really? there. And uh, Billy was a Marine and uh, very active in uh, the Boy Scouts, Meridian Little Theater, Meridian Community College, and uh, he did a lot of design and creation of the Briarwood Country Club golf course there, and uh, two big residential areas. Uh, his Billy did, and he, he and Helen both sang. In the the choir in the singing Christmas tree they do every year at Christmas at Highland Baptist Church, and uh, they they were just very very dear friends. And I know that uh, 
she is very grateful. Her husband passed away two years ago. Uh, Billy did. And Helen uh, was longing to be with Jesus with mm. him. And so uh, they, uh, they're they just were dear people. And I look forward to seeing them uh, on the other side. But that's Miss Helen Stubbs. Uh, please, uh, you know, pray for their family. Uh, you know, um, they, they have uh, their son, Eric. Uh, who's married to Becky, uh, the daughter-in-law, and uh, they had uh, the grandsons and great-grandsons, and uh, they're just uh, really, really uh, a dear family. And so remember the family of Helen Stubbs, and our prayers just go out to those people there in Meridian that know, knew her. She was just a sweet lady. When I went home, she always wanted me to come see her, and I always tried to get by and see her. And so... Uh, Look forward to seeing them on the other side. I was going to say, it sounds like they did more than just sow uh, physical seed, a little, little spiritual seed out there, oh, too. Oh, yeah, they yeah. did. They did. Yeah, that's they, good. That's beautiful. Doug, I may be a little late to the dance, but it seems like, as we're discussing repentance, that repentance is is far deeper than an apology. Yes. <laughs> it's not what I say, it's what I do. Uh, yeah. Repentance uh, requires that we get, unfortunately, face-to-face with our own depravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it fair to say that repentance requires brokenness? Uh, yes. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can be repentant if you're not broken. And I, I remember Lori talking to me, you know, the first 10 years of my marriage, I really tried my best to wreck it. I really did. I made a lot of bad choices. And. I remember renewing our vows and one, you know, at, at first when I re, I came to the realization that I was really off base, you know, it's like a mirror finally came to show this is what you're doing. I remember waking up about 5 a.m. in the morning and just weeping, mm. just really being weep, you know, not, not realizing just what I'd done to my wife, but what I'd done to the Lord with all he had given me, the, 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 you know, the, the free gift of eternal life and relationship with him and to, um, to do all that he's done. And I, I pretty much was just like, yeah, I'll take it and I'll do what I want with it. And he, he did break me by revealing, you know what, Doug, and this, you're a sinner. And just because you've received me, uh, doesn't mean that you need to be aware of where you've come from i think so so often we forget where we've come from paul seemed to get deeper and deeper into his psyche of where he was delivered from as Mm -hmm. he got older because you know at the end of his life is when he said i'm the chief of sinners it wasn't early on it was at the end of his life so he kept realizing that you know what i shouldn't be here I, I was thinking the same thing, Doug. I, it seems like the longer I walk with the Lord, the more aware I am of my own depravity, how weak I really am, and how desperately wretched and sick I am, and how much I need Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I hear that a lot from people who've been walking with the Lord. There's a there's an element of humility. They say, "Man, I I you know, like Paul. I do the things I don't want to do." You know. And it, I don't know, it just seems like we're we're more aware as we're walking with the Lord. 
you mentioned it earlier in the in the first segment that uh, that you're you're very aware of your when you're not walking with him mm-hmm. in step with him, and that's where the the repentance comes in. It's the the correction of the rudder, the adjustment of the steering wheel. But again, it's not just to right behavior; it's to righteousness, which is Christ. And oftentimes, our 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 spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Oh man! And yeah. and we like Peter who fell asleep. We fall asleep at the wheel sometimes of our life, and and we we don't allow Christ to be leading our life. And we think, oh, I can take, I, you know, you see these signs that say, Jesus is my co-pilot. Well, he better be the pilot. <laughs> yeah. You better be the co-pilot following him, yes. not him, the co-pilot. You, you're you following the direction. He, You know, when I wake up in the morning, Brad, I, one of the first things I say is, Lord, whatever you want me to do today, help me to be sensitive to that. Yes. That It starts yeah. the day off yeah. Yeah. with this idea that, that he's in control, not me. Yeah. He bought me. Yeah. I'm a slave to him, not out of obligation, but out of gratitude. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I would put Carrie Underwood in the same bracket <laughs> as uh, J.C. Ryle or Martin Lloyd-Jones, but I do like her statement in one song. She says, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. What's important? I mean, I think on a daily basis, Doug, as we uh, – as we go before the Lord, mm-hmm. that there is a confession and a repentance of where we're wrong and where we're off mm-hmm. and and how desperate we are. The, repentance, and we talked about this yesterday, we'll probably talk about it more even throughout the week, is that repentance is an ongoing thing. Uh, we should bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Yes, Repentance is... For salvation, yes, uh, but that's not uh, – that doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. We're continually reminded as we look at the Holy Scriptures that we worship a holy God. Mm-hmm. And that's his, his – still, even though you're in Christ, his expe- expectations are, are that we would look like Christ. Yeah, and, and there's a tendency for us to start believing – that we don't need to repent anymore. I mean, or, or, you know what? I'm not so bad as this guy, mm. or this guy's worse than I am. And tomorrow we're going to go over a verse we went over last week, Luke 13. We're going to go a little further into it. And we're going to look at a real-life demonstration, Brad, in the life of Zacchaeus, one of the best, I think, New Testament examples of a repentant life. Here's a guy who lived his whole life to take money from his own people. And when he realized what Christ had done for him, he paid back not what the Old Testament said, but four times what it mm. was. I mean, it was, he was, he said, I'm going to go beyond. Why? That's how radically his life was changed by Jesus. We all need to repent. Uh, unfortunately, most people have this concept, you know, I'm not a bad person. I don't. And, and so they get a little inoculation of Jesus as a kid and they spend their whole life getting the Jesus checkbox on yeah. Sunday, yeah. but they don't live their life in submission to him mm. or surrender to him. They still are in control of their life. Almost. They're like deists. They just, 
okay, God's here, but I do what I want. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think uh, for us, uh, we all need to to be reminded that repentance, like you said, Monday and yesterday or today, is yesterday Monday? Wow. It, yeah. God, I feel like it's Wednesday. <laughs> um, like you said yesterday, it is an ongoing thing in our whole life. When we repent and come to Christ, that begins a lifelong process of repentance. First John 1 9 says, as you are going, you know, mm-hmm. confess your sins and yeah. he will forgive them. Well, and do you think, um, I remember, and I think it was, I'll, my wife will probably correct me, and I'm not sure if it's a Paul David Tripp book, but it gives this illustration that there's that point where you um, surrender to Christ, and then as you grow, in the knowledge of who Christ is, who who God is, mm-hmm. you become more and more aware of how holy He is and how depraved we are. Yes, and wow. that gap it's it's this diagram that shows this straight line across horizontally across a page, and at the point of regeneration, we begin to grow in our knowledge of Christ, but we also become aware of our depravity. And the cross just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The more depraved we are, the bigger the cross gets to us. Amen. And and we should embrace it because it is a gift. It is such a gift for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the cross. That should be the response is thanks be to God for his immeasurable gift. Well, that's why Paul says, give thanks always. Yeah, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. Hey, well, that's a wrap for today. We're glad you tuned in. Join us again tomorrow as we continue our teaching on biblical repentance. Tomorrow we will be discussing Jesus' requirement that all repent, all repent. Go to SWATradio.com. You can check out the past broadcast and see where our Bible studies are going to be kicking off in a couple of weeks. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual